broken promises. Dear friend, you'll have to forgive me. There's a lot to cover during this part of the story, and I might jump around a little bit. But again, I promise this is all going somewhere. At the moment, I think it might be worth going back to when Ashley re-entered the picture. Not for her and Johnny's sake, really, but rather because you have to meet the two beautiful angels who were with her that night, and a third who entered the picture after Johnny and Ashley got back together. The two little girls were Kara and Lacey. As you now know, Kara was Johnny's daughter from the very beginning. She was the angel his heart sang a lullaby for when he and Ashley found out they were pregnant shortly after graduating high school. Lacey was Brad Bowman's daughter. He and Ashley had gotten married and started a family of their own after moving on from Jefferson. It turns out, their relationship wasn't very healthy and the girls were suffering the consequences. Ashley at least had enough foresight to get them out of there. The saddest part of the whole ordeal was that Brad apparently didn't even want Lacey when Ashley announced they were leaving. We were always told he was willing to let her go in exchange for an old classic Cadillac he wanted and a thousand dollars in cash. If that's really true, how depressing and despicable is that? As much as it pained Johnny to watch Lacey get traded away like a bargaining chip, he was more than willing to step up to the plate on her behalf. He was determined from the moment he met her that he would be the father and hero she needed, if that's what Ashley wanted. Johnny ended up adopting Lacey, but always wanted her to feel like she was just the same. His daughter. Maddie and I loved those girls from the very start. Kara was the sweetest little soul you could possibly imagine. Her smile really could light up a room, and it was easy to tell the source of that light was her kind spirit. Over the years, she would become a candle for people around her, lighting the way toward compassion. I remember Mom telling me a story one time about Kara sticking up for a little boy on the playground when she was only about eight years old. Some older boys were teasing this poor kid at the time, and Kara went right over to them and fought this little guy's battle for him. She then proceeded to play with him the rest of the afternoon, watching over him like a protective sister would. She was always doing things like that, especially for her own siblings. I must say that part of her has always reminded me a lot of Johnny. Lacey was a bundle of energy, charisma, and creativity. You could see and feel it the very second you were around her. The first time I met her, she jumped right up into my arms and started telling me a story. She was only two years old at the time, and yet I knew exactly what she was saying. As she got older, she always found a way to make something out of nothing, including turning a seemingly bad situation into a good one. I've always deeply connected to this part of Lacey. I've always felt like we had a special way of communicating and understanding each other because of it. Both Kara and Lacey were easy to connect with from the very start. Easy to love. For Maddie and I both. Johnny, too, fell in love with Kara and Lacey the moment they stepped out from behind Ashley that night at Mom and Dad's house. If I'm being completely honest, I think they may have had a lot to do with why Johnny gave Ashley a second chance. These beautiful little angels were giving Johnny a chance, an opportunity to experience a kind of love he could have only dreamed of before this. And so, I think he decided to pay that love for it to their mother as well. Uh, don't get me wrong, I also believe Johnny was still not over Ashley. I think he was still in love with her. Perhaps you never really do get over your first true love. 
But I do know Johnny was still very upset with her too, and that he wasn't sure if he could ever completely trust Ashley with his heart. But he did trust his beautiful little angels. There was no doubt they had his heart, and for Johnny, for all of us, that would certainly be enough. Because of them, we all welcomed Ashley back into our lives and back into our family. It didn't take long for things to return to old familiar form with Johnny and Ashley. The attraction, the playfulness, the passion. And so, it also didn't take them long to create another little angel. This time, a baby boy. They would name him Caleb. He was born in the fall of 2007, and right from the start, he was special too. Caleb was smart, inquisitive, strong-willed, and didn't seem to be afraid of anything, even as a little baby. I remember when he first started crawling and climbing on things, he would get himself up onto the couch, look around to see who might be watching, offer a little smile, and then propel himself off the couch. Sometimes we could catch him in time, sometimes we couldn't. For little Caleb, that seemed to be part of the adventure, part of the thrill of it all. Even when he landed on his head, he would pop right back up and want to do it again. Fortunately, Caleb had a big, strong head. In fact, he had the biggest head that I've ever seen on a little body. <laughs> little Caleb and his big bobblehead. Yeah, he was the third little angel. And the whole family loved him just the same. Johnny couldn't be more proud. He wanted his little boy to be just like him. He would begin teaching him things like baseball and brotherhood, even before Caleb could walk or talk, just like he had done with me when we were little kids. He would also find outfits that were as close to a match as possible for a large adult body and a small baby boy. <laughs> that was always a funny sight to see too. But it was also special. Johnny did things like that all the time to connect to his kids and to show them his adoration. He loved them to the ends of the world. That was so very clear every time I was around them. Johnny was a great father to those little angels back then. And to them, he was everything. When Johnny left for Iraq in March of 2008, it was incredibly difficult for everyone. It had to have been the most difficult for him, of course. At least the rest of us had each other. And we would cling to that. Maddie and I were determined to spend as much time as we could with Ashley and the kids while Johnny was away. To be there for them as much as possible. We were still busy with college and living in Albuquerque, but we tried to get back to Jefferson to see them whenever we could. Ashley had basically moved back to Livingston, New Mexico with the kids so her family could help out while Johnny was gone. She brought them to mom and dad's a lot too. The more help and support she had, the better. We all looked forward to our time together. Or at least that's how it seemed at the time. There's no question, Maddie and I enjoyed our long drives up and down Interstate 25 every time we went to visit. It gave us an opportunity to spend more time together, just the two of us. We would talk about anything and everything, but especially about our future. I would go on and on about what I was going to do as an actor and how exciting our next adventure was going to be, wherever it ended up taking us. My head and heart were already in the bright light somewhere else at the time. And Maddie was right there with me. She would always be a part of that picture. 
Maddie herself would bring some much-needed balance to every conversation, ironing out details like where we might live, how much money we would need to save before we got there, and the types of things we would experience and the adventures we would go on during that chapter in our own story. We fell in love with road trips on those long drives, and we fell in love even more with each other. But uh, enough romance, right? We were always excited to see the kids when we got down to Jefferson. They were so much fun to be around. Their energy was contagious and their imaginations endless. We could take them anywhere or go nowhere at all. It didn't matter what we were doing. It was always enjoyable. Being around kids can do that for you. They see and experience the world in a different way. When they invite you into that, what you find is a world of wonderment and possibilities. I'll never forget this one time when we were all playing in mom and dad's backyard. The kids asked Maddie and I to go inside and make them a snack. They told us to take our time and to make sure there was a variety of snacks to enjoy and something for them to drink. They said all of that in kid code, of course, but we knew what they meant. Maddie and I were gone for about 15, maybe 20 minutes, and when we came back, they had completely transformed mom and dad's backyard. They had completely created their own new world. They had boundaries drawn, streets lined up and around, buildings built out of sticks and desert weeds, even a whole new language. Every last detail was covered. And the way they used what they found in the yard itself was downright impressive. Everything they did was impressive. They were impressive. Cara, Lacey, and Caleb were simply but profoundly amazing. And Maddie and I were so blessed to be spending more time with them and getting to know them better. Like I said, we were always excited to see them. We looked forward to getting to know Ashley better, too. I felt like it was time to finally give her a second chance. I assumed she had learned from her past mistakes, gotten more mature over time, and was now a different person. She had to be. She was the mother of three amazing children and the wife of one amazing American hero. She had to be different. If nothing else, I hoped Ashley had gotten some help for things she was struggling with the first time I knew her. Let's not forget, even asking for help is a choice. Some people have a hard time knowing how to do that. I understand. I've been there. I'm sure most of us have. But I've also seen how some people simply aren't willing to ask for help, even when they so desperately need it. Things with Ashley were okay for a little while that second go around. She still didn't say much when she was around us. That concerned me. Again, just like in the past, it was easy to justify, though. She was sad. She was lonely. She missed Johnny. She had a lot on her plate. It was hard. I understood that, too. I tried to be positive and supportive. I tried to lift her spirits and make her laugh. I tried my best to be like a brother to her. We all tried to be her family, to help her carry some of the burden. And for a little while, Ashley seemed appreciative. She said she was thankful, that she was blessed to have us. She was so glad we were back in her life. 
Ashley even told mom she had gotten saved after Lacey was born, and that's what led her back to us. She knew she needed to make things right and ask for forgiveness. And now, according to her, Ashley was trying to live a godly life. She was trying to be a good mom, a good wife, a good woman. But alas, trying and doing are two very different things. And actions often speak much louder than words ever can. One day, we were all at McDonald's together, and an older couple came up to Maddie and I as we watched the kids enjoy the indoor play place. The sweet old lady politely asked Maddie if the kids belonged to us. Pointing to Lacey, she said, She looks just like you. The brown hair, hazel eyes, and beautiful smile. Then her husband turned to me and said, And the other two are a spitting image of you, young man. Blonde curly hair, blue eyes, skinny as a string bean. I must say, those kids sure are well behaved. You two are doing a fine job there. Just then, Ashley came storming in. She had seen and heard the whole conversation. Apparently, she didn't like it. Those are my kids, thank you very much. And she's not even part of the family. She had her finger in Maddie's face. Then she turned on me. And he's not the father. His brother is. He's fighting in Iraq while Eli here pretends to take care of his kids for him. Ashley yelled for the kids to stop playing and took them out to the car. Maddie and I apologized to the older couple for the outburst and then decided we would drive back to Albuquerque right then instead of staying one more night in Jefferson. We were starting to see that Ashley hadn't changed much at all. She was still quick to anger. She was still bound by jealousy. She was still saying one thing and doing another. The same old Ashley Underwood I had given up on long ago. In retrospect, what bothers me the most about that experience is once again, Ashley was coming between my relationship with my brother and my family. Only now, it also involved three beautiful angels. I wanted to be there for Cara, Lacey, and Caleb. I wanted to be there for Johnny, too. I had promised him I would. But I was not okay with Ashley treating Maddie that way. And I'll admit it. I didn't like being treated that way either. Truth is, I could have responded to the whole situation in so many different ways. I could have found a better way to put my personal feelings about Ashley aside and simply do what was right for the family. I could have chosen to still be there for the kids and Johnny as much as I possibly could. In spite of Ashley. Regardless of her words and her actions. What I'm trying to say is I made a choice. Even now, years removed, I still wrestle with whether it was the right one. That's the bitter truth of a broken promise. After Ashley's outburst at McDonald's, our long adventurous drives to see the kids reduced in number. The time we spent with them began to fade. Instead, Maddie and I found other drives to take and new adventures to go on. Even after Johnny came home. Ashley was not the only reason for this. An extremely difficult thing for me to admit. 
but she was the main reason at first. Things with her only got progressively worse. We would eventually find out she was drinking all the time and failing to take care of the kids. In fact, she was putting them at risk. Kara would often pick up the slack. She would bathe, clothe, and even cook for her brother and sister. Such an amazing little angel and sister she was. I have to say that mom and dad did everything they could to pick up the slack too, as soon as they found out. But that was getting more and more difficult as time went on as well. Ashley stopped bringing the kids to Jefferson and instead kept them in a little guest house on her parents' property. Mom and Dad tried to talk to them about what was going on, but they didn't really listen. Unfortunately, Ashley's family had a horrible tendency of sheltering her, of making excuses for her, of protecting her. The kids, of course, were the ones who really needed protection. Ashley's family believed that by consistently giving her another chance, they were helping her. They were just doing what families are supposed to do. Showing unconditional love. Well, sometimes families misinterpret what that really means. We too have learned that lesson the hard way. Before Johnny got back from Iraq, we also found out Ashley had been cheating on him. Again. This time, with one of Brad Bowman's friends. His name was Jared, and Johnny knew him too. He was actually one of Johnny's friends when they went to Jefferson High together. Another name on the list of people who stabbed my brother in the back. Another reminder of the storms from years past. I knew what that would look like. I knew how dangerous and frightening it would be. Ashley broke another promise. She broke another piece of my brother. And here's the worst part, I think. There had been real potential, real promise that their marriage could have gotten so much stronger through this experience. That by being so far away from each other, the love and faith they carried for each other could have brought them so much closer together. So much promise. Broken. For me, Johnny's time away from us offers both good and bad memories. For the most part, I was just living my own life and enjoying it. I had everything I personally needed at the time. I had Maddie. I had theater. I had some great friends, both new and old, and some amazing mentors. I had incredible opportunities, like touring with a musical review about Route 66 across the country and living near Los Angeles for an entire summer performing professional plays by William Shakespeare. These opportunities offer memories that could write their own book. The stories are endless. I was just living my own life and enjoying it. But I never forgot about Johnny. I never stopped thinking about him or his three little angels here at home. I never stopped worrying about them. And the more I thought about all of it, the more I looked at the world outside of my own personal little bubble, the more I started to question some things. To have doubts. To wonder about the meaning of life and why certain things happen. 
to ask, where does my faith fit into all of this? I began to lose faith. I was losing faith in people like Ashley. People who do horrible things even when there's so much to live for. So much good around and even right in front of them. I was losing faith in our government and what they were asking soldiers like my brother to do. How often would they send their own sons and daughters to sacrifice the same? I was losing faith in religion. Everywhere I looked, I saw people fighting over and because of religion. I saw the way people were treating each other. The way our world was turning out. What it was becoming. I didn't just see it. I felt it. And I began to lose faith. Losing faith made me question myself. I wondered if I was being selfish. I wondered if I was offering the world enough. If I was giving my family enough. I wondered if I too should try being a soldier. An American hero. I wondered if the people I loved the most would be more proud of me if I was more like Johnny. That may very well be one of the most vulnerable things I've ever said. It makes me sound so selfish. At least when I hear it, it does. But I want to be fully transparent. I want you to know the truth of what I was thinking and feeling at that point in my life. Johnny was my hero. He was a hero to a lot of people. Our parents, grandparents, cousins, aunts, uncles, friends, just about everybody I knew admired Johnny for his sacrifice so very much. I did too. I still do. I just wanted to be a hero like him. I wanted people to admire the type of impact I hoped to have on the world as well. But sometimes I felt like I wasn't enough. And I was losing faith. I was starting to wonder about my own promise, my own purpose, and how it fit into my family. Regrettably, and I'm not proud of it at all. This too is why I stopped coming around as much. This too is why I couldn't be there for Johnny and his kids as much as I wanted to. For my parents, as much as I wanted to. I wasn't trying to be selfish. I just began to lose my way a little bit. Like being on a wave and slowly drifting away. I began to question myself and lose my faith. I wasn't sure how my family was going to feel about this. I didn't know how to talk to them about it. In many ways, I didn't know how to relate to them anymore. And that made me wonder if they could ever truly be proud of me again including my hero Johnny. How could I admit that to him and still be there for him when he came home? 
Johnny had spent over a year in Iraq during the height of that troop surge. I can't tell you much about his time there, only because he never told the rest of us much about it himself. To this day, I've only heard a handful of stories and experiences, each one growing sadder and more hopeless than the one preceding it. No one, including myself, is fully capable of knowing what those storms looked and felt like, or how sad and haunting the songs sounded. What would we even call them? How would we even begin to describe them? And if Johnny had been able to share more of them, how could any of us begin to truly understand them? It's one of the great tragedies of war. The silence of it all. In the middle of the chaos, and far too often even once the dust has settled, there are simply no words to explain what has happened. There are no words to put it back together and make it all better. Even the greatest of songs can't fully heal the wounds or help the broken. In my experience, at least, those who see war don't know how or what to tell us of their experience. And those of us around them don't know what to say or ask. We simply try to be there for them, without the slightest knowledge of how to actually do it. Sadly, there's no roadmap for that. And so, silence is what often fills the space around us. At times, silence is the loudest reminder. It's the song that's never shared, but nevertheless lives on in infamy. Ashley and the kids have told me in years since that most of what they know about Johnny's time in Iraq was shared in secret. See, many of his experiences shared through nightmares, screaming out in the darkness of night, begging for light that may never come. Johnny's nightmares would share what he had seen and done in agonizing detail. And Ashley and the kids were left to wonder, what can we possibly say or do to help? I too have asked that same question. I've asked it so many times over the years, and still, no answer. <laughs> Instead, just another broken promise. Dear friend, none of us knew how to be there for Johnny when he came back to us. We didn't intend for it to be that way, of course, but again... There was no roadmap for us to follow. Too often, only silence. <laughs>